Yo, 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 what's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of Key to the City Podcast. Key to the City Podcast. It's been a minute. You see, I got my words slurred and everything. But uh, appreciate everybody that's still been supporting with your boy. Everything you do, like, share, and comment. Y'all know how it go. We still rolling. And uh, this train will not be stopping anytime soon. Uh, we've been working heavily. I know we've been without episodes for the past two weeks, but we've been getting y'all ready for the Kinfolk Kickback going down Saturday, August 12th, 5 to 9 p.m. Uh, we jumping that thing off from 420 Medical down there on Woodrow Wilson. Y'all know where it's at. Please pull up on us. Jackson, Mississippi, we want love. We want camaraderie. And we just want to build with each other, build with your kinfolk. None of that foolishness. Security will be strictly enforced, so uh, y'all come out there like you like you got some sense. And uh, I'm happy to be back, man. I'm very excited about this episode. I got a special guest for y'all today, man. This gentleman, you know, on this platform, it's all about keys, giving people their flowers, and uh, we definitely need to get this gentleman his. Uh, his story has, has inspired me and millions of others across the world, and uh, I'm sure it's going to do the same for you. Um, the brother has an amazing story of resiliency, persistence, and just having the endurance to overcome regardless of your situation. Um, you know, we need a lot of that encouragement uh, this day and age with so much going on. Um, but this gentleman, he's an author, motivational speaker. He's an advocate against distracted driving. He's a Memphis native, Memphis native so you know he's right up the street. Uh, highlight my Memphis folks up there. Maine, what's happening, Maine? Shout out to all my Memphis folks. I used to live in Memphis back in 07. Um, I had left Ole Miss my junior year and went to University of Memphis, pursued music education or music business. But man, once they told me I had to take music theory, I had to get up out that thing, man. I just couldn't comprehend, but I may circle back. But I'm still behind the mic, as you see now. Um, but yeah, let's keep this game thing going. He his story has been heard around the world. He's been on College Game Day, ESPN Sports Center, um, ESPN TV, radio, outside the lines with Bob Lee. I know all my sports fans watched it, so you probably caught his story. Um, but my man's life was forever altered when he was involved in a tragic car accident uh, by a distracted driver, uh, which unfortunately left him as a quadriplegic. But, you know, in most situations where most of us were fold, you know, he used that to climb his way back. And uh, his story is just powerful. Um, they also call him the wheelchair nomad. You dig that? He gets around. He's not letting nothing stop him. He is an international traveler and he's visited many countries doing what he's going to do today, uh, spreading the word about uh, just having that persistence, ambition to achieve your dream and overcome whatever limitations or restrictions have been placed on you. So, man, without further ado, let's get into it and let this gentleman tell us why the sky is not the limit. Kenfolk, give it up for my Kenfolk, Mr. Fletcher Cleese. What's going on, Big Doc? What is happening? What's happening? What's happening? Hey man, What's you got there? everything, man. Right after everybody from Memphis out there, you know, you hear me. What's happening, man? You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. 
Hey man, everybody got to have a dream, man. <laughs> yes, sir. How your day going so far? And the day going good. They going good. It's a little gloomy down here in Memphis. Uh, like it's about to get ready to storm. So gonna be maybe locked in, run a few errands later on. But uh, good, good. so far so good. Can't complain. Y'all got some heat out there? Not today, but for sure. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, courses a couple of weeks. You know, it's been too hot too early. 9, 9 a.m. is already 88 degrees, you know. But Facts, man. Dallas get the same type of situations, right? Oh, now. man. We've been under heat advisory for, I know, two or three weeks straight. I hear you. Okay. So it's rough out here, man. You take a shower as soon as you step out that thing, sweat. Sweat, yeah. You need it. <laughs> Gotta stay cool. That's how I go. But yeah, man, we're glad to have you on, brother. Uh, Super excited to just learn more about your story. I told you off camera, um, had a chance to check out the commercials, uh, the video, your website, and things just promoting um, your journey thus far, man. And it's been very powerful. So um, without me asking you uh, a million questions up front just to get through your background, can you give my audience some background on your story? Uh, you can start with the being a football star, and man, the football story hit home with me. I'm a small guy as well. I'm five seven, mm -hmm. and I think the video said you were like five eight. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, we was fast and quick, you know. Quick. And that was survival, and it was hard getting recruited as a small guy. Uh, yeah, I got recruited, huh? That she running a four three four four that way, you know, find find other ways to shine. Facts, you got to do that, man. I got recruited to a junior college uh, out of high school, but my parents kind of persuaded me not to do it and tried to get me to walk on that old Miss. I like, oh y'all trying to get me killed for real, for real. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just give us a little more uh, background about your story, man. Okay, yeah, uh, as you mentioned, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. And, you know, kind of fell in love with sports at a young age, kind of an active in individual growing up, you know, the epitome of boys will be boys. I was out there, you know, running around, getting in trouble. Not no, not no real trouble, just, you know, ding dong ditching and staying out past curfew and, yeah. you know, just playing around, you know, stuff like that. So, um, you know, my parents, they wanted me to channel their energy into some more positive. So they started putting me in organized sports at a young age and I played everything from baseball, basketball, track, soccer, it don't matter. Make sure Fletcher was busy year round. So you don't have right. no type of reason to uh, be outside or get be with the wrong crowd, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in early eighth, ninth grade, I just fell in love with football. Then around towards the middle of the ninth grade season, I kind of realized, uh, like, I'm kind of better than everybody else, you know. I started mm -hmm. at receiver and DB. And uh, I think in the first, like, three games, I had six interceptions, you know, or something like that. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I just fell in love. I was like, okay, I'm kind of kind of better than everybody else. And then I just switched over <laughs> to offensive receiver. Uh, uh, when I got to varsity high school, you know, everybody gave me doubts. And, you know, Flint, you sure you want to be able to play receiver in the varsity? You don't want to seek a DB? And one of the reasons why – I switched from, because my coach, he gave me an opportunity to pick. He was like, you know, you got to either pick one just to focus on one DB receiver, because I went to a large high school. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, throughout his 10 years of coaching there, he only had one player to play both ways. So he was like, hey, you got to pick which one. And at the time, I was a freshman, and the guy who was a senior was the number one running back in the country. Wow. So I was, if I play DB, I'm going to have to ch- tackle junk. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm playing, I want to play receiver. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, but then, I, you know, fellow receiver was blessed enough to receive a scholarship. I perfected my craft, as you mentioned, being a shorter guy. And I left two days after high school graduation just to train and get my body, you know, ready for the upcoming collegiate season. You know, I didn't want to stay around all summer, joking around, playing around, and not putting the work in. So mm-hmm. I, left, I left early. Like, I left literally two days after high school graduation. And, you know, I ended up gaining, like, 25 pounds of muscle from the middle of May all the way up to the end of August and get in preparation for our first collegiate game. Uh, but unfortunately on September 10th, 2009, uh, my roommate and I were leaving Buffalo Wild Wings, the first NFL game of the season. It was mm-hmm. uh, Steelers versus Tennessee Titans. And you know, me being from Tennessee and he lived in DC, but he was a Pittsburgh fan. So, you know, I was like, oh yeah, come on baby, let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings so we can talk trash. You know, it's my roommate, we're gonna talk good trash today. Right. You know? My team, you know, my home team versus your team. So he was like, you know, I'm a chill in the room, man. You know, he was kind of an introvert and I was an extrovert. Like, I'm like, hey, man, let's go down to the UC. It's girls down there. It's, 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 it's jumping. It's, the school just started. Everybody outside walking around. He was mm-hmm. like, man, I'm going to just chill. I was like, bro, come on. I'm not going to let my roommate. Because as soon as I go down there, everybody's going to be like, Fletch, where are you at? Where your roommate? Where your roommate? So, man, you might as well come on. You, you new to the South. I'm going I'm to introduce you to some folks. So we go to Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, get the wings to go. But uh, on the way back, a lady was texting and driving and ran us off the road, causing us to flip into a ditch. And once we flipped into the ditch, the car rolled a couple of times and caved the roof in, which uh, broke my neck in two places. And I was knocked unconscious and paralyzed mm. immediately. And um, Dave was ejected from the vehicle, you know, suffered his own injuries. But, you know, throughout that whole situation, it's basically just trying to get my life back on track and, trying to be an inspiration and just be a successful citizen of society. Man. So I got so many avenues I want to take with this conversation. Um, sure. I guess first, what was the, your immediate reaction? I guess the next, after the first 72 hours, mm-hmm. so you had the chance to, Recount everything. Yeah, everything sink in and listen to what the doctors were saying and everything like that. But, you know, I was 18 years young when it happened. Like I mentioned, I just had just graduated high school and I was blessed enough. You know, I was raised in a two parent household and with, you know, my mother and my father. And I didn't really have any real responsibilities because, you know, they really took everything and took care of everything and just made sure they said, hey, you just focus on school. That's all you mm-hmm. focus on. So uh, my responsibilities at that time in my life were three things. School, football, girls, in that order. That's the only thing I got to worry about. If I do good at school, perform uh, well on the field, the third one's going to take care of itself, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So with that being said, when it happened, my first initial thought was, am I ever going to play football again? You know, not thinking, you know, this is like, damn football, you got a whole journey ahead of you, a whole life-changing journey ahead of you. But I really didn't understand what that meant at that moment in my life. But uh, that was my first initial thought. Then the doctors came in after my first surgery because I had two surgeries on my neck. And, you know, he was telling me things I wouldn't be able to do. He was like, you know what, Fletcher, you are paralyzed from the chest down. 
you would no longer be able to do X. You would no longer be able to do Y. You'd no longer be able to do Z. And he starts going on a list of things I'm t- I, I, that I couldn't do. And as you said, you know, being a smaller athlete, people always doubted us and to tell us what we couldn't Come on. From, from the beginning. So my mind immediately reverted back to football and just used that negative energy he was putting out to make a positive out of it. And I remember laying in the bed uh, at ICU and just trying to think outside the box and like come up with some type of phrase that I can you know, continuously tell myself to keep myself motivated. And I was like, the doctor kept trying to put limitations on my life and he don't know me like that. You know, who was he to tell me what I can and can't do? And I'm like, you know, the limit, you trying to put limitations on my life and no limits to life. You know, I ain't no limits to life. I'm the only one that can tell me what my life can and cannot be, you know. All the limitations are the ones you impose up here right. on yourself. So I'm like, no limit, you know, mm. no limit. So I thought I told you, you know, I'm just playing around trying to think of something. <laughs> and I just felt, you know, I was like, you know, people always talk about the sky's the limit. Then I started thinking, you know, the sky's the limit. How can we say the sky's the limit when there's footprints on the moon? So that being Ooh. said, there are no limitations to what you can achieve. There are no limitations because people tell you the sky's the limit, but that ain't even true within itself. People didn't been on the moon. And so I just adopted this mm-hmm. saying, so the sky is not the limit. The sky is not the limit. The sky is not the limit. The only limitations are the ones you impose on yourself. You know, when people try to put limitations on your life, they're just projecting their insecurities onto you. Hey, man, you can't do that. Nah, bro, you can't do that. Don't tell me what I can't do. You know what I'm saying? So I just come on. They're saying and uh, it's got me through a lot of things, ups and downs throughout this entire journey. What were the mental battles like? Were there any bouts with depression? Um, not I wouldn't necessarily say depression. It was more so like, a, what am I going to do next? Like, what's my next move? What's my next play? I've always been extremely goal-oriented. Like, all right, this is what it is. What what are my goals to get this hospital? And how fast can I accomplish those goals? Uh, but the mental battle was, you know, being 18 years young, being that full of life and full of energy and full of youth. And, you know, we had been talking about, the past four years from ninth to 12th grade, what are we going to do in college? How's college going to be? What are we going to go on our first spring break? What are we going to, you know, all these, um, how, how the season going to go? I wonder how the bus ride's going to be, how the plane ride's going to be, what they're going to feed us. All these things I was looking forward to my freshman year, I realized that I probably would never get to experience, and that was more so the mental battle, the mental uh, stress, so to speak. But I've kind of always been mentally strong for myself, just always fighting through pain and team sports and and especially football has taught me to just fight through anything and uh, be a better man for yourself and, you know, do it for your teammates and, you know, don't let nobody down. So I use that mentality uh, to get over this obstacle. So there was never a moment where you were thinking like, my life is over and because, you know, the average person thinks their life is over mm-hmm. for for the most minor things. People have taken their lives for the most minor thing. We we may deem it as minor, looking mm-hmm. on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. but a life altering experience like that, mm-hmm. knowing that you will probably need assistance for the rest of your life, like. Mm-hmm. You have some mental fortitude that I've never seen before. Like, was that instilled in you as a child, or just by us having that underdog spirit? It was just naturally how you operate. Yeah, so it's definitely you know instilled in me as a child. But 
to answer your first question, no, I never had a, a thought of my life is over. It was always my life is different. And it, I'm not saying I wasn't depressed, but I never thought it was over. Like right. I was like, place. like you're going to be, if ain't nobody never done it, you can do it. You've been proving people wrong your whole life. And your second question, yeah, it was instilled to me, you know, as a child uh, growing up in the burbs, in the suburbs, you know, kind of being few of not married black kids around mm-hmm. and just kind of always having to go the extra mile. Like, no, I can't, I, I can't make an A. I got to make an A plus because. I don't, you know, just to outshine and out move like that, you know. I can't, I can't just score. I can't have five catches. I gotta have ten. I gotta have, you know, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And so, and my parents just always told me never give up on yourself and don't let anybody t- tell you what you can and can't do. You know, you your own. You make your own decisions. You know, this famous black saying, uh, "Your parents, so and so, I ain't worried about so and so. That ain't my child." Well, can I go to the movies? Johnny going. Johnny ain't my son. You ain't going. <laughs> right. Or whatever. You know, so I, was, you know, I had to be my own individual and not follow the crowd. Uh, definitely made me mentally tougher than my peers, so to speak. What happened to the woman that caused the accident? So um, she was on the wrong side of the road and technically it was a one car accident because she was coming towards us and I swerved to miss her. And when I swerve, I just hydroplane and mm-hmm. hit the rail. But she kept going. Like she didn't even stop. You know, friends that came in and did their thing, they, you know, found the car. And I think, like, of course, it was like stolen or something like that. But, you know, they never found the, the, the person that caused the crash. And, like, I've never met her. You know, I never, I thought about it like a couple, of first, maybe for a couple of hours, but there was no point in me, you know, crying over spilled milk, so to speak, because I realized it wasn't bringing anything positive to my life by being mad at this woman is only bringing me down. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had the opportunity to meet her. Uh, but did you say the car was stolen? Yeah, so like my parents, they kept a lot of that information away from me because they didn't want me to be mm-hmm. upset and stuff like that. From what I recollect, what I remember, like maybe it was stolen or like it was something where they, like the friends came in, they found a similar vehicle or something. Okay, or something like that, but I would say, yeah, they just never got, they never got a hold of her. Mm. You're a strong brother, man. When did the, um, the wheelchair nomad and the international traveling aspect of everything come about? Oh, yeah. So, uh, boom. So I'm hurt. Uh, I'm in therapy an entire year. I go back to college. And mm-hmm. while I'm in therapy, I'm sitting there watching all my friends, all my people, my, my teammates, everybody live their freshman life. You know, they, they kicking it, they taking pictures in the UC, they going on spring break trips and all this stuff. So I'm like, I want to go back to like, I want to I experience this. So, boom, I go back to college, University of Memphis. And long story short, one of the spring breaks, they was like, you know, I was like, hey, let's take a trip where I can go. On. You know, I'm kind of newly injured. I can't really go to the the Floridas yet, or the you know all the stuff mm-hmm. going to. And I've always been a charismatic individual. I've always had a lot of friends. I've been an extrovert from all my former teams, all my teammates. I still keep in contact with all the people I went to middle school and high school with. You know, I, I won most athletic in my in my superlative in high school. So I just knew I knew a lot of people, and I went to a lot of summer camps and bridge builders and math camps and all that stuff. So I met. A lot of people that were outside of my community as well, and so when that when I went to college, they was like, you know what, yeah, we gonna you know take a 
a little trip, you know, so Flesh can kick it and whatever the case may be. So we go from Memphis to Nashville, three-hour drive. We probably, I'm probably 20 years old at this time. And just being around my peers and just being in that kicking environment, man, it was mm-hmm. such because this was the first time I've been without my parents for more than four or five hours at a time. So we weren't even mm-hmm. really doing it. We were just in the mall, went to the movies, went out to eat, just kicking it, playing, throwing, you know, throwing skills at each other, you know, just having a good time and just being, you know, 20 college, 20 year old college students. And I fell in love with that aspect. So I'm like, man, that was so much fun. Y'all ain't had that much fun since since I've been in a wheelchair. So we do that, then we go to uh, we do Nashville again. Then we go to Mardi Gras. Then we try to venture out. Then we go to Dallas. We get Six Flags, Papa Do's, all that stuff. You yeah. Know, we we haven't. We taken. A, we took a fifteen passenger van. It was twelve of us. And imagine that car ride. That six hour car ride with twelve. It's twelve of y'all. Is you know it's co-ed and everything. So it's it's fun. You know mm. we in there van laughing and kicking it and you know all that fun stuff. And fell in love with that. And then we started trying to venture out. Like hey, let's go. Let's go somewhere on a plane. Then we go to like LA and go to Vegas a couple of times. And then we go to all these domestic cities. And then I look at my finances. I'm like, hey, yo, Flex, you've been to Vegas like three times this year. You've been to Chicago, Chicago twice. How much is a flight to Italy? So mm. I look at I'm like, boom, I can go to Italy. So I, you know, I scheduled it. I hit my peoples up. They like, yeah, we let's go. I posted on Facebook and somebody was like, hey, Flex, you know, Paris is only like an hour plane ride from Italy. I'm like, oh, book it. I'm already over here anyway. So let's right. do it. And then I post that. And somebody else was like, hey, you know, London is only an tr- a hour train ride from Paris. Hey, book it. Uh, let's do that too. And my friend's like, hey, Flitz, that's enough. Three cities, three countries. We all, we here for 10 days. We can't do everything in one trip. And I just started doing I started traveling. I fell in love with international travel at that aspect with different cultures, different experiences, you know, religion, history, and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. I out, I go to Dubai, I go to Barbados, I go to DR, you know, I go to Spain, like I go to all these different countries to, you know, just get that international experience and just see how other people live across the world. What are different foods? And, what, you know, even though we live in America and like you got your Cajun food and you got your New York food and you got your LA food, and but it's kind of still all similar, so to speak. But when you go to different mm-hmm. countries, different culture, whole different experiences. And I fell in love with that venturing out and getting that life experience. And people just started, they were like, dude, you everywhere. You've been everywhere. You've been everywhere. And somebody was like, you like a nomad. And I was like, me being silly, I was like, yeah, call me the wheelchair nomad. And it just stuck. And, nope. yeah. and, people, it, and people just started really calling me that. And I started joining travel groups. And now I'm speaking at travel conferences as the wheelchair nomad. And I'm sure that requires a team, uh, which we were speaking about off camera. Um, how were you able to get the team together to even want to aid you in getting your story out mm-hmm. and uh, just creating this overall journey and, and uh, providing a foundation for the wheelchair nomad? Uh, yeah, so I'm a great, as I mentioned, I'm an extrovert. I'm a, I'm a great networker. I love mm-hmm. meeting new people. But honestly, everybody on that list except uh, – the new, the new guy on there, the the the, the white guy, so sweet. But everybody else on there, I've been knowing since I was in the fourth grade, third grade. So <laughs> they was already, you know, they was like, I was like, hey, you know, I'm gonna put this nonprofit together. You know, I need some help. And I just hit up my boy, like, hey, you an accounting major, you a finance, you know, you a finance manager at a 500 
uh, five, five Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. And just like he helped me with these books. He was like, bro, you ain't even got to ask. I got you. He was on he was my old lineman in high school. He was like, bro, you ain't got to ask. I got you. I hit up my homegirl. I'm like, hey, yo, you good at, you know, you're good at being a secretary. You always kept good notes in high school and college. Like, she used to come over and kick it with me and help me write notes for college and because we went to the same college or uh, close colleges. Mm-hmm. And so, boom, she was like, yeah, I'll be your secretary. Fletch, you ain't even got to ask. And you know, just those you know those relationships, and you know, yeah. the team, and I was like, bro, we believe in you. We believe in your mission. We believe we've seen the progress you've made. We we've known you uh, from, from walking flesh to disabled flesh. We saw what happened to you in the hospital. Like we know your story. We've lived your story. We've helped you. These are the same people that went with me to Mardi Gras. The same people that went with me to Vegas. The same people that went with me to Italy. Like, bro, we've seen what you've been going through. So whatever you need, bro, just let us know. And now I got a team. Powerful, bro. Mm-hmm. Relationships are currency, people. Remember that. Um, what's your ultimate goal with this, Fletch? What's your ultimate goal with spreading your word? Man, ultimate goal, I just want to be considered one of the best. And whatever matter what, what that may entail, one of the best speakers, one of the best travelers, one of the best disabled people, just something of the best. And like I just try mm-hmm. to do that. That's my internal goal. But of course, externally, I want to inspire the world. And I want to be a beacon of light to let people know that, um, you know, no matter what you go through in life, there are ups and downs, there are trials and tribulations. You know, we all go through adversity. Like you've been through it, I've been through it. Your mama been through it, your daddy been through it. How does that song mean? You, your mama, your daddy, your sister, your cousin too. Everybody's been through uh, adversity, but it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond to it. How are you gonna respond when you don't make the football team? How are you gonna respond when you get let go from your job? How are you going to respond when you're 18 years old and become paralyzed? How are you going to respond when you're going through the divorce? Whatever the case may be, how are you going to respond when adversity hits? Because it's coming. And if it ain't coming, you know, or if it hasn't mm-hmm. already came. And I chose to respond in a positive manner. I just want everybody to do the same. And just also, you know, talk about safe driving. Let them know that a car is not a toy. You know, it's just my, my yeah. car crash was simply by somebody not paying attention. They want drunk. They're simply somebody not paying mm-hmm. attention alter my life or forever so it's bring safety bring awareness inspire and travel the world and meet great people put those phones down people that texting and driver i'm talking to myself as well mm. um we definitely gotta do better because you can definitely <clears throat> not only harm yourself uh but definitely harm others and impact their lives in ways that you couldn't even imagine so let this man's story <coughs> basically speak for itself and uh, take heed. Yeah, man. It's, it's and, uh, you know, three over almost 4,000 people die every year simply by somebody not paying attention. Whether that's eating while they're driving, on the phone while they're driving, texting while they're driving, you know, uh, just daydreaming, you know, running through real life. And, mm-hmm. like, I was thinking about what I was going to do when I get home. I was thinking about what I got to do next weekend and just not paying attention. All right. You have to drive for yourself and others. How can people keep up with uh, your story and uh, everything you got going on and different events you'll be at? Oh, yeah. just uh, You can reach out to me on all socials, but um, the best way is probably just go to FletcherCleaves.com. You got your link to my Instagram on there. You got uh, different videos of me getting thrown off a cliffs in mexico and 
skydiving. And, what? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll have to went, check that out. Yeah, I went uh, skydiving last August, a year ago. Yep. And, um, and you know what? It was actually a first date. Wow. Yep, yep. It was, you know, she was, you know, it was kicking or whatever. And, you know, I was like, you know, we've been, the, we met at a party, long story, long story short, we met at a party and we had been texting. I was like, hey, I'm kind of feeling you. She was like, I'm feeling you too. I was like, you for real? She was like, yeah. I was like, prove it. Let's go skydiving. <laughs> Man, you putting me to shame. You really out here living. Speaking of dating, no offense, but and I don't want to seem ignorant, but can you still? You hear me? Oh yeah, it's it's, it's still doing it. Okay, there it is. Look at God. Mm-hmm. I know that's what you know. Of course, like I said, school football girls. When I stopped playing football, of course, you know what the second thought was. Yeah. I was like, hey, God, <laughs> yeah. what's going on uh, down there? What's, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. He was like, man, already. Everybody, everybody, everybody responds differently. Uh, we just gotta mm-hmm. wait when that time comes. But right now, you need to work out getting out of ICU, son. Yeah, ain't got time to think about that. One thing at a time. Yeah, one thing at a time. <laughs> well, bro, man, we showing up. Appreciate you stopping through, bro. Giving us some of your time, man. Powerful story, man. Hopefully, I get to meet you in person one day. Um, oh, for sure. So, yeah, and as I mentioned, man, everybody, please reach out to me at FletcherPlease.com. If you know anybody looking for a motivational speaker, if you know anybody looking yeah. for a self-profit advocate, or if you just would like to uh, donate to my nonprofit and my non-my cause and all that stuff, we we definitely need everyone's support, especially coming out of COVID. You know, we kind of took a, a big hit with that, so okay. uh, please donate if y'all can, or just if you know somebody looking for a speaker, high schools, conferences, check me out. I'm gonna definitely spread the word, and Kenfo, we definitely are gonna donate. I need everybody to donate this week. Uh, I lead by example, and uh, you can copy a shirt on there as well. If yeah, you want to have shirt. a visual visual representation, yeah, book. I, like you mentioned in the beginning, I am an author, uh, mm-hmm. Amazon Amazon best selling author within the first seven two hours of it being on Amazon. Pop your sh, yeah, pop it all. Accomplishment <laughs> for myself, uh, and that just shows the support that my team and I have. You know, literally mm-hmm. when I posted, I posted it on my birthday, and. Uh, wow. Within the first 72 hours, Amazon best on uh, top 10 on the charts. And My man, a- I love to read. I'm a, I'm a, it's still up there, yes, sir. Okay, y'all definitely go cop that. I'm gonna give me a copy. And brother, I sure appreciate you, man. I wish you nothing but love, peace, happiness, continued blessings, continue to doing the Lord's work, man, and spreading this message. And uh, we all need to hear it, man. We all need to be able to. I say one of the greatest skills to have is the ability to cope and to respond in a positive way. In a positive way, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, last last question. So do you ascribe to the motto that there are no such thing as excuses? Um. Or it's different for everyone. No such thing as excuses because you can have an excuse. But the thing is, 
excuses are monuments of nothingness for all my great people. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, for all my great people out there. Yeah. Uh, you Greek? Bye, beta. Okay, okay. I'm a Q. I'll make a sound. Okay. Yeah. So, excuse that mind missing nothing. Uh, so, is that is that my thing is this the person who says they can and the person who says they can't are both right. Which one would you be? And, like, as long as you identify yourself as a positive individual and start your day off with positive, positivity and just, you know, you can have an excuse, but don't let that excuse stop you from achieving whatever the case may be. Uh, and I hate to – also when it comes to excuses, my football coach used to say this all the time. And it may be not be the best thing to say now with the mental health um, awareness going on at these days, but he used to say that all the time, like, nobody cares. Nobody cares that your girlfriend left you. Nobody cares that, you you know, whatever you're going through, nobody cares. What are you going to do to get over it and be a better man and go out there and perform to your best abilities? So I get what he was trying to say is like you might be going through something. And first off, people do care. So if you're dealing with something out there, you think nobody cares, please go talk to somebody, go get some professional help, whatever the case may be. But he was saying like you're sitting there crying, oh, I feel my math test. I can't really. Bro, get up. Yeah. Like get get shit together. Come on. Study harder. Yeah, study yeah. harder. Like you know what the problem is. What are you gonna do to fix it? Stop crying about it, you know, just do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. There it is. And we're gonna leave it on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, hope y'all got these keys today and you can apply them to your life and unlock that untapped potential and strive to be your best, man. No excuses. Who better to say it? Then I guess today, Mr. Fletcher Cleves. Fletch, dog, I appreciate you, man. Uh, no, definitely be in you. touch, brother. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. Thank you for listening. For sure. Be easy. Mm-hmm.